Hey yo, today we are talking about our journey to clean up and some of the intentions that we put behind cleaning up our financial situation that led to where we are now. And it it, it made a major impact, but that journey really was the thing that set all of this up to be possible. And so want to take us back a little bit. I had someone commenting on how young we were and what a crazy kind of situation we were in for our age. And I think we are extremely blessed, but also we worked and sacrificed really early on and had hard conversations to improve on our station and sort of on the the middle class promise that was made to us and it was not easy and we got there so you know that conversation sort of just pushed me to think about how far we've come and and it all started with what we wanted to do in this life and what we wanted to do with the money we made. So, let's go. Welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. And finding that alignment in season four has been very important because this is the truth of all the work that the death of a dream becomes. And rolling out the first book this season related to that sort of creates this journey and this pathway for people to recover and go after the things that they want in this life. It's moving people through this transition of something doesn't feel quite right. How do I feel my way back there? And I'm excited to be expanding that work in season four and to even be still showing up for what will be the death of a dream and all the beautiful things that we do to change the world together. We've gone through some crazy seasons. We've gone through some more quiet and reserved seasons, seasons of attack, and we're finally experiencing the first season of alignment and building. We have found a foundation and I am very excited to be building right along with all of you. Heyo, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast where we do dreams. That's the daily subject matter. This really is about the journey, the path to not necessarily greatness, um, even though that's how we, we have to practice talking to ourselves, but I would say that the journey to alignment and stillness and peace. Peace, you know, to come home and 
be able to just be there, to slow down and make dinner and sit and cuddle or conversate or play or do homework, like to be able to be there, not to be somewhere else, to be right there, right where you, you want to be, you know, to go to a game or practice or whatever, but to be able to check out of where you've been and check into to where you are. And, you know, I think subconsciously that's the quest. If we had to put words on it that made sense with society, we would say, yeah, success or, or um, passion is probably what we would call it. But I think at the root of all of it, it is the ability to and to feel yourself everywhere that you are and that's what dreams are about they really are so let's go ahead and start shifting that self-talk and practicing greatness grounding it is a cornerstone of things that I implement and practice and I realize not in all things have I done this but I am working to make sure that I add that to all things that I do, because it is about positive self-talk. And that is a great way to start the day, to start a conversation, to, to really own the narrative of a meeting of whatever. So that's greatness grounding. And then I've added to all of my courses that I teach this connection because we need to know each other. And greatness grounding is a great way to get to know one another. But if we want to deepen that connection, we can start asking those meaningful questions and having those conversations as well. So that's typically how I start a meeting. Um, first, greatness grounding. I love knowing what's important to you and what makes you feel great. Um, that is vital. Plus, I don't know, starting anything by celebrating yourself just sets a whole different tone. And then I'll follow up with a connection question, which is really just like a deep self-reflection question. And yeah, I even love exploring those things. So that's, that's, that's me. That's how we do things here. And obviously in the podcast, we do greatness grounding every day. So my great thing um, was sitting down and focusing on doing this website. And oh my gosh, it's, <sighs> it is painfully repetitive. Um, it is like, the tedious work that you really don't want to do. You really don't. Um, but it has to be done and it will take us to a better place. And yeah, there isn't really a, there isn't another option. That's, that's, that's it. Um, and it, it, 
it takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of dedication. I did probably, I don't know, 50 products like yesterday. And right now, current having to load a product myself, having to load a product set for a brand at the shop. Typically, it'll take about six hours to do a whole set if I'm taking photos and creating products and I'm doing it diligently, like one by one and loading each individual product, probably about six hours straight focused. Um, This new system that we're building, while I say, holy crap, this is tedious and it sucks, eventually, eventually, it'll cut that time down to about an hour each brand yeah so if you if we have we have about 26 brands right now um so only taking 26 hours so half of a week to load product that's a big time saver because it used to take half of a month to do. And then you add reporting and you add all these other things. And it's just like, there's your month. There is nothing else you can do other than manage inventory, which is not a good use of our shop strategists. Shop strategists should be out there making contacts, making connections with their brands, helping them develop where they're going to go next and and learning and strategizing. Right. And so it's, it's, it's all about setting up that, that platform and that success pattern for people and knowing what's going to work and what isn't. And what I know is that spending that much time loading inventory makes you want to take shortcuts makes you want to lower product levels, makes you want to lower the amount of product and variation that people are bringing in. And all of those things are great for the person who is responsible for the inventory, but they are really bad for the community and the customers and really bad for the creatives who benefit from experimenting more, having more variation in their products. And so if we were looking at this from how do I run this shop for me, then there are all kinds of ways that we could have shortcutted what we were doing and how we were doing it, right? I've heard of people who offload this to the entrepreneur, but that is not the intention of this brand. This, this brand is meant to be passive so that you can focus on your craft. And so we have to build tools according to that mission, the mission of passivity. And yeah, I'm telling you, it is crazy, but that's, that's what we're doing. I'm not building this 
to benefit me. I'm, I'm building it to benefit the people and I'm building it in a way that could have benefited me when I was first starting out. And what would have benefited me was not having to obsess, fine tune and refine how I talk to that audience and focus on selling instead of focusing on bettering my craft and focusing on that. Like if I'm a writer focusing on writing, focusing on development of speech topics, focusing on those types of things. But instead, all of your focus has to be on the audience. And if you have captured an audience that maybe wouldn't help you to scale, so maybe they're very subjectively looking at you because they're related to you or they're friends with you, and they're giving you feedback that's sort of just lovingly comforting, but maybe not real, um, it's not helpful. And so this is all about putting you in front of a, a unknown marketplace and how do you market yourself there? And I help you with that or the shop strategists help you with that. But that ability to sort of passively hand that off and then actively understand how people are reacting to your brand. That's, that's a game changer, especially when you have a follow-up of support to have those conversations and to help you strategize and move your brand to where it needs to go next. So it's fun. Um, it has not been that fun, but I know the end mission of this thing. And so it, it hits different. It, it really does. Um, and I'm excited to, to see where we go from here. So that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. Um, I just, I've been thinking, I ran into someone at the grocery store yesterday and they were like, you know, when I was your age, I didn't have any money to do the things you're doing. And I'm like, so, yeah, it's been a journey. And we're no different from anybody in our age bracket other than, you know, um, I remember, I don't know, it was probably almost 10 years ago now. Couldn't have been that long. Um, probably like seven, eight, maybe eight. Um, I remember just kind of hearing this whisper. I know whispers are weird, but that, that is what I would call them. But this sort of nudge forward that was like, you have to do better. And I was like, but really why? <laughs> Doing better seems um, needlessly painful. Why do I have to correct this? This isn't terrible. And it was like, no, you, you're going to have to get this straight. You got to get this in line. You got to follow this 
path. And that was when we really started to analyze our um, financial situation because at that point, like we were broke and there was really no reason for it. None. And we were kind of just spending. And when I say we, I mean, just, just me, mostly just spending everything because we really had no idea what was coming in, what was going out, what anything. And that was a constant battle. It was a constant friction point. It was leading us to be young, dumb, and broke, very broke. And for no real reason, it did not make sense because we had sort of always improved our financial state. The result of improving that financial state was just this constant hunger to improve everything as a result. And that meant spending, 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 spending. And so as our finances improved because we were making more we bought the nicer house and the nicer car and the nicer clothes and the nicer everything and everything had to be picture perfect and it was amazing and we really had no concept of finances at all. And so when this person said that, I was like, well, it's been a journey. And we decided a long time ago that we were going to write a different story than the one that we saw play out when we grew up. We were going to write a different story for our kids. We were going to write a different story for ourselves because we didn't want this to end in this like constant money struggle situation for our family, our relationship, for anything. And I sort of just followed that whisper. So it was like, you got big things to do. And this is, this is going to change everything. And it absolutely has. And I can't believe that that was that long ago, but that focus for four years, just like doing and and getting bare minimum like shifting everything to to sort of correct course correct the damage that we had done just it 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 was game changer absolute game changer and had we not done that there is no way that we would be where we are now and, you know, we're not, I don't know who we're young compared to, but to be in this place that we can make these decisions, right? The decision for Hannah to leave, to go figure out this next phase, um, to go set sail on this dream path, like none of that could it have happened, could have happened <laughs> if eight years ago we didn't come to the table and say, we're going to fix this and it's going to suck. 
but we can do better. We don't have to settle for what we know. We can we can fix this. We can improve our stance. We can improve our stature. We can improve and change this legacy path for our children and for ourselves. And so we got really focused on, and there's a really great documentary um, on, I don't know if it's Netflix, maybe it's Netflix, but it's maybe Money Love. I don't know exactly what it's called, but it is good. Uh, it's, I think it's like a top 10 on whichever streaming platform it's, it's on. Um, but they talk about using your money to create a life that you love. And what are the things that you want to use your money for? And when, and we didn't follow that program, we followed Dave Ramsey's program, but that really was the end goal to have freedom with finances and to have this ability to kind of dream bigger than most people get to. And what we figured out in that process was that fancy cars weren't really our thing. So it's really funny because that was eating up a huge portion of our budget. And we had to do some crazy things like turn in a car that what we had on lease that made perfect sense for our situation, but for, for a financial situation and improvement standpoint, it made no sense at all. And so it was like, don't really need brand new cars because we don't care about it. Will it be great someday? Totally. But neither of us cared all that much. And it sort of just seemed like this vanity thing that would be a get there eventually, but nothing, nothing we care all that much about. So okay, that's an easy fix. Pay cash for cars, get something that's a little bit older. Who cares? And I will tell you that I used to not pay my tags for my car because those bills would come. And for whatever reason, we always had them come on my birthday in my birth month. And when those bills would come, it'd always be like, oh my gosh, like $800. Just, I just got to pay that. There's no way to like pay on that monthly. I mean, what is this? This is a crazy expectation. I will tell you now my tags. <laughs> $100, $100, and I have no problem writing that check every year. <laughs> but I used to like let my tags lapse because it was just that stressful of a number. And um, yeah, I think it was just like come to the table, have that conversation. We don't care about cars. We love our little house, even if, yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be great someday to have a, 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 a house. But even when we think about our dream house, it's not a mansion by any means. It is a little bit bigger version of what we're in now. And so that's not a important metric to us. What was really important to us and where we did want to focus our time and energy was putting ourselves in a situation where we could become really generous with our money, where we could bless our community, where we could give back, where we could become generous with our time as well. And so generosity was one of those big key pieces 
to us. And what I will say about having this conversation and that documentary is really great in laying that out. Um, but we had that conversation because we were sort of just very unintentionally spending and we didn't know what mattered. And so we had that conversation and cars were not important to us, but cars may be very important to you. Your house and what it says about you may be very important to you. That's what you get to decide in this conversation. These were just the things we decided as a family unit were important to us. So one of those pieces was generosity. No question. Like the ability to just abundantly bless our family as they're growing up, you know, and as it evolves and, and grows to be able to give in that way, to have that much abundance to do that, um, to, to change our family tree trajectory, you know, to give our kids understanding and experiences that we didn't get growing up because this conversation was never had. That was really important. And then sort of the final string of that was, oh my gosh, freedom, not only to explore the, the world, right? Travel was really important to us. Freedom to experience and, and create and enjoy experiences. So like the ability to even invest in experiences, the ability to invest in travel, um, the ability to take time off, to go be able to leave. Cause that was even something that we weren't in a fruitful enough place to like, I had two kids. I couldn't take more than six weeks of time off. Like we could not afford that. And I had to go back in six weeks. Now, I was like ready to go back for the most part, but to not be able to, to be in a position to take that time with your kids sucked really bad. It was hard. And... With Baylor, it was okay because I definitely was, I already knew what I was doing, but with Emory, it, it impacted a lot of things. It was not a great situation. And so that freedom component, that ability to make decisions according to our family needs versus according to an employer was really important. And the only way that you could do that in our minds was to financially put yourself in a position where that wasn't, you'd be okay. If the situation changed tomorrow, if, if it was time to leave that job, there's a cushion there. We're okay. We'll figure out the next step. And so that, those were all the things, but as I said that, Last night, I was like, gosh, I haven't thought about that in a long time. That was eight years ago. And that, those changes, and it probably took about four years to clean up our financial situation. But had that not happened, 
I wouldn't have even begun dreaming about all of this. Because that would have forever been the excuse. Well, yeah. And it was my excuse initially. Like, I'd love to just go live my dreams, but who have money for that? Well, we didn't. And continuing to follow that narrative and be guided by that sort of stronghold was a lot easier. It was so much easier to just be like, people are broke. I'm broke too. Bye. But as we started to really get focused on cleaning our situation up, we realized how much money we actually had and how much we were just throwing away on things that did not matter to us. And that conversation and the ability to come to the table and decide as a family unit, because this is not just Hannah making decisions and you're going along with it. It's like, no, really. In your wildest dreams of what you would do with your money, what would you spend it on? And that's the conversation we want to have. And then because we're in this union sometimes, right, with another person and we're building a a family that's built to take on the world, to weather the storms, to like create and pass on a legacy, there's something about our family and we want to pass that on and leave something here. can't do that alone and then just delegating the assignment. Y'all got to come together and decide what matters most. And for us, creating abundant experiences for our children, allowing them to explore arts and sports and music and, and school and whatever it is that they want to experience and then allowing them to experience the rest of the world. You know, we do live in a very small bubble. And if we want to push our kids in ways that we weren't pushed, we have to we have to leave that bubble. We have to allow them to make friends with other people. We have to allow them and push them to explore other places, neighborhoods, and, and, and humans, and human groups, and all the things. And where we were at eight years ago, there is not a chance that we could have done that because all of our money was just being wasted away on making sure that everybody looked cute for the picture. And that's not what matters to us anymore. And we look a little hodgepodge, but most of the time we look pretty cute for the picture. And the pictures I love most from my childhood are the ones that I looked just rushed and, and ran together, you know? And I still like looking like that. I'm not gonna lie. that it's all in starting that conversation 
and building an intentional life with what you're bringing in. And it can be anything you want. It can be cars and clubs and, and outings. Totally. And for us, it was legacy, experience, freedom, and generosity. And that set a different tone and pushed us to figure that out. But gosh, that was a four-year journey. And that set the stage for where we are now. And I am so grateful that we followed that whisper and, and fixed those things, even though it was painful and it was hard to see why that was important. Now I can see. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thank you so much for listening. Make sure that you support any creative that is doing work. And that's simple. Just comment, like, share, review things for them so they keep bringing their art into this world, changing it and making it a more beautiful place. You can do that with all of this work here. Feel free, share, review. I write and post every weekday just to help expand my own light in hopes that it helps expand others. And you can find me at hannahness.channel on all socials, help follow and share and expand this work. And you can find all of my offerings and products at hannahness.channel as well. Change the world. <laughs>